You know, I tell you, God is faithful when he has something that he wants to say to his people. He, he'll tell me. And um, I was praying over what I should share with you today. And uh, he made it absolutely clear what the great need was. Now, it's just going to be one point in the message. But I'm going to let you know how important that particular part of the message is. If you want to follow us in your Bible, we'll have all the scriptures on the screen. We're going over to the third, uh, to the book of Daniel, and we're going to go to the third chapter. Now, don't let the familiarity with this story, don't let it cause you to miss the main point. The title of this message is Faith That Overcomes the Fire. Is there God, and who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Now, I mean, this, this was a showdown time. I mean, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Agando, Abednego were told, okay, I, I heard you won't bow to, the, to this golden image. All right, I'm going to give you one more chance. Now, if you don't, I'm going to put you in the fiery furnace. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, verse 16, answered, said to the king. <laughs> this, this, this was, he really got mad when he said this. Oh, oh Nebuchadnezzar. We have no need to answer you in this matter. And then they'd be going and say, it, it is, if that is the case, now if we don't bow down and you're going to put us in the fiery furnace, if you don't, our God, listen to him, whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. And then they go on and says, but if not, now, boy, that's a but if not big, big word. He said, let me tell you something. Our God's able to take us through the fire. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Man, they, they, they told him straight to his face, we ain't about to bow down. And it goes on in, 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 the, uh, in the next uh, chapter, it says... Uh, then Nebuchadnezzar went in a rage, and uh, he's going to end up throwing them in the fiery furnace. Now, here's what I want to, this is what the message is all about. How do you get a faith? How do you get to the place in your faith that you're ready to go through the fire? It may not be a fiery furnace like him for not worshiping an idol. But there's no question about it that all of us go through the fire. At some time in our life, it may be different circumstances and all those things. It may be the death of someone suddenly that you loved. It may be the illness of someone that you loved. It could be a lot of things, a lot of things. It may be the temptation that you're confronted with in the office and all this kind of stuff. But you know you've got to make a choice. You've got to make a choice. So how do you get to the place that when you're in the fire, you say, either God's going to deliver us from the fire or God's going to bring us through the fire. But even if he does not, I am still going to serve God. That blesses my heart. Lord, have mercy. I've seen people who would get in the fire and 
They'd been, they'd, they'd been real religious. And man, when they got in the fire, it's almost like they just caved in. Just caved in. Man, I, I just would love to see the expression on Nebuchadnezzar's face and said, I'm going to tell you something. We're not about to bow, and our God will deliver us, or if not, he'll be with us and bring us through the fire. I mean, that's where we need to be. Okay, so how do you get that kind of faith? How do you get it? Well, first of all, this is the main thing the Lord told me. And you got to get this. They refused to adopt and embrace the culture of Babylon. They refused to do it. They were in Babylon, but Babylon never got into them. You see, uh, they, they, they did not eat the king's delic- delicacies. They just ate vegetables. And, and so right, right off, they said, now we not, I thank you, king, for, for offering us all this sweets and all that stuff. But no, we're not going to do that. We, we're not going to do that. And so right then they took a stand and did not embrace the culture of, of the Chaldeans or of the Babylonians. And then for three years they trained them in their philosophy and language. But it never caused them to waver in their faith. Because listen to me carefully. Babylon was a wicked place. <laughs> very wicked. And the culture was very, very wicked. But yet here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego lived right in the middle of that pagan culture. And they never let the culture mold their lives. They refused to let that world that they lived in squeeze them into its image. And boy, just came to me. I said, God, I am telling you, we're living in Babylon. And I'm telling you, Lord, if, if, if we don't stand... If we're not careful, if we don't have discernment, we will let Babylon get in us. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. It's never been any harder to live the Christian life in America than it is today. The entire culture is anti-Christ. I'm telling you right now. Anti-God. I mean, come on now. Look at all the laws we've passed. I mean, come on. We, we passed the law that it's okay for a man to marry a man and a woman to marry a woman. We passed a law to put prayer out of schools. We passed a law to kill babies up until the time before they come out of the womb. And, and, and then on top of that, uh, 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 60 or 70% of the men that uh, even go to church are addicted to some type of pornography. Uh, and I'm telling you, all you got to do is click a button or cut on the TV I hope you don't go to a movie, but because they're all crazy and full of, full, of, full of the devil. If it's rated PG, you better be careful. That means they're going to take God's name in vain. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, they take God's name in vain with the PG. But, but let me ask you something. Don't you find it difficult to, to live a Christian life in a pagan culture where all the, all the ad, advertisements, most of the programs, most of the movies... In the universities, they teach secularism and humanism, and that's all that they teach. Our young people who aren't grounded in the faith go out to college and come back and say to their parents, I don't believe the way you believe anymore. And I'm telling you, listen, it's an epidemic. You know what's happened in America? We've adopted the the Babylonian culture. (laughs) Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to let... The Babylonian culture 
formed them in their mold. Now, no wonder this verse is in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I want you to listen to this. It says, uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or your act of worship. Now, listen to this. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not let this world squeeze you into its mold. That is exactly what it's saying. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I know how the Babylonians think. I know how the Babylonian culture, what their philosophies are. I know they're anti-God. Uh, they, they may not have stone idols, but they have their own idols made with their own hands. And says, don't you be conformed to this world. But be transformed. You be transformed. Live in this culture. But don't let it uh, change you. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm telling you. The way a Christian is able to go have a faith that goes to the through the fire. Is they refuse to let this world. Squeeze them into its mold. That is exactly the reason why. And there's pressure from everywhere. If you're working in a secular office, you know what I'm talking about. And, and out there in, in, the, in the world, uh, you know, it, it's just amazing. You know, it's just, a uh, I don't know if I need to go there. But I, I'll just use this. That's just a tradition that if your mother and daddy were in a Mardi Gras society, then you would get in a Mardi Gras society. Well, you've just been conformed into the image of this world. And, 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 and if your family uh, uh, was in church and they just kept going to the movies that were traded, rated R and took God's name in vain, the people were half-dressed. So you just, well, it's nothing that. You just, they, they just let the world uh, conform them into their image. And, and, and you watch television programs full of violence. And, and, and murder and bloodshed and they got these video games where they got the, the machine guns and they're shooting each other all the time and we said what, what where did all this come from i'll tell you where it came from it came from babylon that's where it came from and i want to tell you something this this culture that we're living in this country is anti-christ oh we live in the bible belt you ought to live in california Whew. you ought to try new hampshire or New York City, or any, or, oh, Chicago, no, you don't want to go to Chicago, or any place like that. But you'll find out what it means. They're not glad that you go to church. <laughs> They're not glad that you're a Christian. They're not glad you're a follower of Jesus. Oh, no, no, no. They think you're an oddball, you know. They think you need psychotherapy. I, I mean, I'm serious with you. Folks, listen. I think one of the greatest battles that we fight as we seek to live holy lives and righteous lives, totally dependent on Jesus, totally dependent on the Holy Spirit, is we live in a culture that is absolutely crazy. And, and if we're not careful, it'll just little by little by little by little get rub off on us. Now, I hope you won't misunderstand this because I'm not being critical, but I'm just going to tell you how I feel. You know what's happened to the religion in America? They say, well, we got we to reach people, okay? So what let's do is let's just take a survey and ask them what they're looking for in a church. You think Paul ever did that? 
what are you looking for in the church? And, and they take a survey and then, so, so we're not going to sing any hymns about the blood of Jesus and we're not going to talk about the cross because, you know, they don't understand that. It's offensive. You know, the Bible says the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. So, so what the world has done, so it's all about numbers. It's all about a crowd. So they said, what we'll do is we'll just invite the world into the church. Now, we'll take the world's music. Now, I'm not talking about music that's upbeat. There's some Christian music where there's drums and guitars, and it's good music, and it's godly. But I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the rock and roll where they have the smoke, you know, and, and all these flashlights going on. That drive me crazy going back and forth. But see, what we've done is this. They said, well, if we're going to reach people, we, we've got to uh, be more like the world. My God, if, if the disciples had decided to be like the world, they'd never been killed. And so what the church, the religion in America has adopted the culture of Babylon. So now, so, so now they're ordaining homosexual priests and marrying homosexual cup, uh, couples and all this kind of stuff. And they just invite, well, they're not going to come to church. They're not going to think we love them. Let me say one thing. If you love somebody, you tell them the truth. Don't you do that? And the truth is, if you, if you live an adulterous lifestyle and a homosexual lifestyle, you're going to die and go to hell. That's exactly what the truth is. Now, will God forgive you? Yes. But you've got to repent and come against the culture. But see, it's sad today. Oh, we, we had a thousand and, 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 and about half of them uh, were, were drinking a, a beer before they came or, or, or something like that. I'm telling you, there was a church in South Carolina that had thir- about 12 campuses, 32,000 supposed members. And in their uh, basis of faith, now listen to this, in their basis of faith, they never mentioned the name of God one time. But they called them a church. And all they talked about, well, let's feel good and let's help each other and let's be kind to each other. Well, I believe in that, don't you? But I believe you better repent of your sins and turn from your sins and give your life to Jesus Christ and live a holy life. If you don't, you can do all the religious junk you want to do, but you're going to not, you sure ain't going to go to heaven because if you did, you'd feel out of place. We've adopted the culture of Babylon, even in religion. Thank God. When the fire came for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had not adopted the culture of Babylon. They would not worship their idols. They would not live their lifestyle. And so they were able to say to the king, we're not going to bow. And we want you to know that, that if our, our God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't deliver us, he'll take us through the fire. So the first message I want you to see here A faith that goes through the fire is one that does not adopt the sinful culture that is around it. Let me give you another verse on that. In 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Now, what part of this do we not understand? Listen, I enjoy, I enjoy life. I do. I I like to fish. I like to uh, play golf, but I don't play hard anymore because I can only play nine holes. And then I'm tired for and get through. But anyway... And I enjoy it. I enjoy the outdoors. I enjoy water. I just, and ride in a boat. I love, and that's wonderful. God, God gave us all things richly to enjoy. So I'm not saying that we're supposed to be a monk or live in a monastery. I'm not saying that. 
But I'm telling you, you cannot embrace the culture of this society we live in. If you do, you will not go through the fire. I'm telling you right now. You won't make it. Listen to what it says. 1 John 2, 15. Do not love the world. He's not talking about the created world. Man, I love the mountains. I love the rivers. I love the streams. I, I love the valleys. I mean, I, I just love to go to Colorado somewhere. Uh, Montana, Montana, where they got those beautiful mountains up there. I mean, so we love the created world. He's not talking about that. He's talking about the world that Satan's the ruler of. Who is the prince of this world system? Who's the prince of this world system? The devil. He's the God, little g, of this world system. And we live in it. It's called the Babylonian. It says, do not love the world, the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world... The love of God is not in him. If you love this world system, you don't love the Father. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, this is the world system. The lust of the flesh. Oh, that will satisfy my sinful flesh. The lust, desires of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. You see it. Oh, i got to have a, that or her or whatever, this, that or the other. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life. I never will forget that. Uh, you're talking about the pride of life. I never will forget the guy that told me one Sunday when he came down. No, he was in my office. And he said, you know, I'm telling you, Brother Fred. And he had gotten a little education. You know, sometimes that makes you think you're smarter than you are. And, and he uh, had been kind of successful in his business. He said, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm independent and I'm self-sufficient. And he was basically saying, I don't need God. He was saying, I'm a self. And he made the statement, I'm a self-made man. And I said, you're exactly right. God wouldn't make anything like you. <laughs> but that's the pride of life all over this country. So here's the point the Lord told me to make clear. And I'm trying to make it clear. Okay. Do not adopt the culture of America. Do not embrace Babylon. Do not. And I'm telling you, you better fight it. Because it's going to come at you every way. And if you don't embrace this world's culture, they're going to call you an oddball. They're going to say, well, you, don't, you know, you're confused and, and you, you'll court low or something like that. I'm just telling you, listen, I guarantee you they said all things about Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. But they said to the king, we don't even have to answer you. We don't even have to answer you. It's settled in our heart. We will not embrace the Babylonian culture and we will not bow to your idols. Okay, well, point number one, the most important point. Here's the second thing. Prepare yourself before you face the fire. Do not adopt and enter into and conform to the world's culture, which of Satan is a prince. But prepare yourself. Before you go into the fire. Okay. Now I, I, I want to be in the discussion. That Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. They said you know. We're going to be called before the king. And the king. <laughs> is going to tell us. To bow before that idol. And Shadrach looked at Meshach. And Abednego looked at each other. And said you know what. If we don't do that. They're going to put us in a fiery furnace. This is serious, guys. I mean, we're down to the wire on this thing. 
It's going to happen. One of them said, no sweat. Don't you remember Exodus 20, 1 and 2? They'd been raised in the Jewish faith. They'd been raised and they lived in Jerusalem. And, and, and so in Exodus 20, 1 and 2, and God spoke all these words saying, listen to this. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And he goes on and says, out of the house of bondage. And he went on to the next verse. You shall have no other gods before me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, well, look, it's already a settled issue. God told us not to have any other gods before him. So the decision is made in heaven. Now, are we going to obey God? Or are we going to go our own way? Are we going to be afraid of the fire? And he says, you shall have no other gods before me. And he goes on and says in the next verse, you shall not make for yourself any carved image. There was that big stone image. Any likeness of anything in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You know what? They did not wait until they were in the middle of temptation to make the decision. Oh, they went back and they talked about it and they prayed about it. They said, well, we know what God says. And we ought to obey God rather than man. And so we're going to obey God. And God takes care of those who obey him. And doesn't mean we won't go in the fire. And doesn't mean we may not go through it. It may, may mean that we won't come out of it. But that's not the issue. We have made our decision. We are going to obey God. Now listen to me. Don't wait until you're in the middle of temptation. Don't wait until you're facing the fire to make your decision. You need to go ahead and make this choice. Father, I want you to know. I choose to obey you 100% of the time. I choose to obey you whether anyone else does or not. And I choose to obey you no matter what it costs. Don't wait till you're in the middle of temptation. Well, I got to decide if I want to, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Am I going to bow to the idol or am I going to take a stand for, for, my, for my God? Listen, you don't wait till you're in the middle of temptation to, uh, to prepare for it. Okay, so what you got to do, you got to put some safeguards in your life. Safeguards in your life. If you have something that is, gives you a lot of problems, if you have a besetting sin or something in your life, that you know that you have a battle with. Don't wait until the temptation's right before your eyes. You go ahead and make a decision before it's ever there. If you have a problem with pornography, block the sites on your computer where you can look it up. Block it. You can do that. You say, well, I, I, I'm strong enough. No, you're not. You, you, you ought to be strong enough to block them before they ever get through. And so what you're doing, you're preparing yourself before you're tempted. And if you know that, that in certain situations you, 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 you find yourself getting angry, then you prepare yourself. So I am not going to respond to that in anger. I am not going to do that. Sometimes you find yourself saying things you know you should not say. And so you say, dear God, I want you to bring this to be a reality, reality in my life. I want to be swift to hear and slow to speak. Swift to hear and slow to speak. That's biblical. He gave you two ears and one tongue. So be swift to hear and slow to speak. Any of y'all ever got in trouble because you said something you shouldn't have said? Everybody in here. 
The Bible says the tongue no man can tame. I'll tell you one thing, Jesus can. But you've got to make a choice. I was going, be going, I was going to something recently, and there was, uh, I knew there was going to be somebody there that uh, I, I'd had bad thoughts about. And, and I said, I'll tell you one thing, Lord. I am not going to have a judgmental spirit. I'm not going to have a critical spirit. I'm going to have a loving spirit. And I am, going to, I am not going to let anything come out of me except love. That's all I'm going to do. Because, Lord, I'm not nobody's judge, and I don't know all about everything, but I do know this. I choose to love that person. And, and, and I want that person to know when I leave there that I loved them. And praise God, God gave me the grace. But I made the decision before I got there. So what I'm saying to you is this. You know... Uh, You've got to make the choice. You've got to prepare yourself before you face the fire. In, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 12, they said, told him there were certain Jews that weren't going to bow, so we read that verse earlier. And then go on down in verse 24. Now, now look what happened. Okay. The king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished that they wouldn't do what he said. He didn't, they didn't bow to the culture. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to the counselors, did we, and they've already bound them and thrown them in the fire, by the way. They got three strong men, wrapped them in all their clothes, you know, had their clothes, and then they wrapped them up. I don't know what they wrapped them up with. Probably, what's that tape you use all the time? That, uh, that it, if something breaks, you get it. It's, it's not scotch tape, but it's anyway, it's some kind of tape. But they had them all taped up, and they said, they're bound. And the three men, the men took them, and they threw them in the fiery furnace. <laughs> and as they were going down, they looked at each other and said, this is it. <laughs> this is it. Then, uh, did, and, and so they get in there and, and, and look at what happens. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke to saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? Didn't we throw three people in? Yep. Uh, they answered to said to the king, true, O king. <laughs> Listen to what he said. I love this. Look, he answered. Whew, I see four men in the fire. <laughs> there were four. They're walking around in the fire. I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. They are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Whoo. You know, God's, God said, I'm, 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 I'm going to let you go through the fire, but I'm going to bring you out. You know, I, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, th this is a great example of how you, it's always right to obey God. But you get in big trouble when you disobey God and let the world or the flesh of the devil dictate what you do. And it goes on and says in the next verse, Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and spoke saying, can you imagine this? I wish I was there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abendo, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come up here. Can you imagine that? He threw them in and now they're coming out. I, I guess they had a kind of like a little semi-rapture as they were coming out of the fire. I don't know. I don't know how they got out of it. Uh, and, and, and come here. Then Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. Boy, I love this next verse. 
And the satraps, what in the world is that? I do not know what a satrap is. Sounds like a sand trap. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men whose bodies the fire had no power. Woo. When you obey God, the fire has no power. The fire had no power. Their hair of their head was not singed. My heavens. Nor were their garments affected. Nothing, it didn't touch them. And the smell of fire was not on them. My soul, I'm telling you, that was a glorious, glorious time. God brought them through the fire. But they had refused to adopt the culture of that world. They were ready. And they'd already made the choice. They'd prepared themselves to, to go through the fire. And then God brought them through. And they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. Now here's the last thing. When you refuse to bow to the idols, when you refuse to allow the culture to build, form you into its mold, when you live a godly life in an ungodly world, a righteous life in an unrighteous world, when you refuse to, to bow to the world and its gods, God will be glorified. Now I want you to look at these last two verses. But it, I mean, and look what happened. He was in a rage when he threw them in there because, see, they wouldn't bow to his idol. But now he's had a change. He said, Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God, capital G, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel, I think it was Jesus, but he, he didn't know any different, and delivered his servants. Did you hear what he did? He glorified God that God delivered his servants who delivered his servants who trusted in him and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies. He said, they absolutely made me look like a fool. They frustrated the king's words that they should not serve nor worship any God except their own God. And then he says, now, if anybody ever criticizes the, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it wasn't good what they were going to do. Therefore, I make a decree that if any people, nation, or language which speaks any things amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Woo! It's not if you're going to go through the fire. It's when you're going to go through the fire. Let me encourage you. Watch what you listen to, look at, taste, smell, or touch. There's a battle raging between you and the Babylonian culture. And that's exactly what America is. I love this nation, and I pray to God that we'll turn back to God. I pray that with all my heart. But if you're trying to tell me that America is a godly and righteous nation right now, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but you don't, you don't understand. You really don't. How bad it is. So let's just make our mind up that we're going to get ready for the fire before we go through it. Surrender your life to Jesus. Ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Ask him to take control of your mind, emotions, and will. Surrender your life to Jesus daily. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. 
and give you the power to live a righteous and a godly life and not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed. You cannot do it in your own power. Are you understanding me? You cannot live the Christian life in a pagan culture in your own power. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel had the God of Je had Jehovah God in them, and they listened and obeyed him. You and I have got to have Jesus on the throne of our heart, the Holy Spirit of God filling our life, and we have got to let them give us the power not to be conformed to this world, to prepare to go through the fire by making choices before we ever get there, knowing that when God brings us through the fire, we will have a life that glorifies God. A life that glorifies God. And that's what the bottom line is.